Welcome, my name is Amapola Ramirez and this is Chicana Moms Podcast. In this podcast, I talk to you about my life as a Chicana. As a professional, I want to share with you my knowledge. Tenemos todos un propósito en este mundo. Unidas, creamos cambio. Vamos a empezar. Welcome, mothers and fathers <laughs> and people who are not mothers or fathers. It doesn't matter. You guys are all welcome. Um, this is Chicana Moms, and today I have a very beautiful topic. Um, for me, it's beautiful because family is everything in my life. Um, they're my biggest support. I might not see each and one of my family members on a daily basis, but I know that if I were to need something, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about if I need to talk to someone, I know for a fact I can reach out to them and they will open their heart and their mind to help me. And I am so lucky and blessed. I really am very grateful because I'm able to do that. And I'm able to show my kids that family is everything. One of the things about learning about family, you guys, is that I never knew that there would be something called a disease within the family. And I'm going to talk to you about that, what that disease is, okay, and how our family unit helps shape who we are, even if they're positive or toxic individuals because we have to admit there's toxic family members, right? And there's positive loving um, family members as well. So how do we deal with that? How do we move on forward when we know that maybe a parent is toxic, when um, an uncle or an aunt is toxic, or when a primo or primo are toxic or whoever, you know? Um... I want to talk about what a family is. And I think we all know, but I think I want to talk about the pros and cons of a family um, and that it's okay sometimes to take a step back and to just love yourself because there's a lot of energy that is happening, you know, in a family unit that can be positive, but that also can be toxic. For example, in my family, the way I would describe it is that we're big, we're united, we're caring, we're loving, and we have a strong faith and we believe in God. Growing up, I would always see all of my tios and tias and my parents and mis primos and mis primas. We would all hold hands before we ate that pozole or mole, whatever my mom cooked. And we sat around the table or sometimes we would just stand but we would all just hold hands and pray faith is something that i am grateful for because the only way i was able to know what that looked like and how that feels is through my family i remember when i was a teenager or i shouldn't say i was a teenager i think i was like 18 or 19 years old and i didn't have a job it was just kind of like part-time I was kind of struggling financially I didn't know what the hell to do with my life and I was like should I go to college blah 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 and um all I know that I gravitated to 
was my faith. I said, God, I have my parents. I have my brothers. I'm healthy. I have what I need for now. And I'm very grateful for that. And I put my life in, in your hands. I hold on to my faith and, and I still do. But I remember that specific stage of my life knowing that I was holding on to faith. And I, I felt so safe. I felt so safe to know like God has my back. It was just powerful to me. I remember that clearly. And I always take myself back to that time when I know I was struggling and finding out who the heck I was or who I wanted to be, I should say, and seeing, well, feeling that and knowing that that's what I went through and seeing myself now, like, damn, God is great. Every family, no matter what culture, we all have this profound way of just seeing our family. I have met individuals who can say I don't have a relationship with my family because they're toxic and instead of bringing me up, they push me down. And it's just really sad when I hear that because I wish they felt and had that support that they deserve. Yet, let me tell you this. I have a lot of beautiful friends who are my family. Whenever they suffer and I see that, I suffer and vice versa. So family is not just blood. And for those individuals who I meet and tell me, you know, Paula, um, one of the things about my life is that I wish I had a strong like positive, grounded family unit, but I don't. And one of the questions I ask them is, how do you think you can start your own family unit? They think about it for a while because they're like, what do you mean? I don't have kids. I said, no, you don't, you don't have to have kids. I mean, if, if you had kids, of course, it would be part of your family unit, but how can you create your own family unit? You know what I end up hearing majority of the time? They're like, it's really hard because I don't trust anyone. And trust is everything, right? But they tell me I don't trust anyone and I, that's just how my life is and I don't think I'll ever trust anyone in my life because of those immediate family members that really like messed it up for me. So I add to that and I tell them, look, I understand and I'm sorry for what you're going through. But have confidence in yourself that you are capable of trusting yourself, which then will lead for you trusting others. And yes, it's easier said than done, you guys. Like, you know, as a professional, I can't, you know, force my clients to, to think like, come on, you can do this positive. Like it's at their pace, not at mine. Right. But it same thing goes with family members. When we see that they're struggling and we want them to do better and we're like, hi, just come on. This is nothing. You'll get over it. We shouldn't even be doing that. There's a different approach of how to help our family members, our friends, um, you know, and I was going to say clients, but obviously this podcast is focused on family members. 
And when I say family, I'm also including those friends who are family in our lives. So anyways, um, I'm going to talk to you about the family unit and craziness. Que es la familia, unidad y locura. Let's get started. Okay, so what is a role? Let's start off with that, okay? Because every family member has a role. Like you have one, your kids have one, your brother has one, your tío, etc., etc. So what is the concept of the role? Okay, well, the concept of a role comes from social role theory, which argues that people's behavior is affected by group interactions, social expectations, and expectations about rewards and punishment. So the social role theories argue that people generally conform to their surroundings, and a role is a way of conforming. Okay, so for example, my role in my family, I am a wife, I am a mother, I am a daughter, I am a cousin, I am a niece, I am a I'll say friend, uh, a friend um, for those family members who are friends, but they're our family, <laughs> we perceive as family. Um, I'm also the therapist in the family. Anything that happens in which any family member needs some sort of help, they come to me. And I'm okay with that, but I do sometimes find myself putting my boundaries, which I have no problem with you guys. Within my family, there was times that I couldn't say no. And I, I would say yes. And then sometimes I was like, damn, I didn't want to do it. But you know what? I've empowered myself. I have learned to tell people no. I have learned to stay away from certain individuals that don't bring anything productive into my life. And I'm okay with that. Um, because I have to take care of myself. Even if they're family members. It's okay. You know? Some, we treat people the way we, oh no, we teach people the way we want to be treated. So sometimes it could be other family members just like they have their own issues and they don't want to talk to you. They don't want you involved in anything or whatever the heck the chaos is. At that point, that is their dilemma, right? But... There's probably sometimes where I come across in a different way. And obviously, they don't like it. And it's going to happen because we're not perfect. But every individual in a family brings something to the table for you to learn. I have heard a while back the black sheep of the family. The black sheep of the family is actually a blessing in a home. Because they bring the family together to be able to solve a problem to help that black sheep. So when I tell this to my clients, the ones that have considered themselves the black sheep in the family, they're very surprised to think, oh my God, are you kidding me? So I'm a blessing? I was like, yeah, you are. You are a blessing. What made you think you were not? And they stop and sometimes they tear up because... All their life, they thought I've been the black sheep of the family. I've only, I've just brought problems and, you know, people talk shit to me and, you know, I don't feel the love. I feel more of the attacks. And that um, obviously is something we'll talk about 
in a little bit about how we communicate as a family. But since we're sticking to this approach of the roles in the family, there's different roles, for example, the scapegoat, the hero, and the mascot. So people often play specific roles within their families, and these roles may be quite different from the roles they play at work or within their friends. So sometimes a person outgrows a family role, okay? That could happen too. But the family continues to expect him or her to meet the same demands of the role. Remember I told you that I taught myself how to say no? Okay. Some family members did not understand that. They were not able to... They were so used to me saying, okay, sure, okay. And then when I said, I'm sorry, I can't. Or sometimes I wouldn't even say sorry, but I was never rude. But I would just say, I'm not able to. And they were what? Hold on. Wait, what? (laughs) You're throwing us off. You're supposed to be like this. Do you remember? (laughs) Um, So that happens. So a person who has always been treated as a family baby, for example, might struggle to assert his or her independence or gain respect from family members. Within family systems theory, every family member plays a role as part of the functioning family unit. So each family establishes its own role for family members to play. But common roles are just the ones that I mentioned, which is the scapegoat, the hero, and the mascot. So I'm going to read to you because I have a section here that I printed out on what the scapegoat is and what the hero and the mascot So the scapegoat is the person who is blamed for the family problems. When a family attends family therapy, the scapegoat may be viewed as a reason the family needs therapy. Now, let me tell you this. I conduct parenting classes and sometimes, or I should say majority of the time, a lot of parents come in talking about how their teenage child or their elementary child has a problem with their behavior. And when I meet with the parents or the child, the child feels like the scapegoat because the parents have a difficult time admitting that the way they present themselves with their child has made their child feel that they don't have a voice. So then that child has all these bottled up emotions that eventually... explode and the parent don't don't, they don't know what to do with it so they think well the reason we're here is because you're misbehaving all the time so whenever I hear that it always takes me to the scapegoat family member the role not that that is true um but that's just how some families perceive some individuals the second one is the hero So often treated as a good child, the hero is responsible and often takes on other people's burdens. He or she consistently meets or exceeds family expectations and may be pressured into rescuing others or giving the family a source of pride and happiness. That is me right there. (laughs) I think when I was reading this in the beginning and now that I'm reading it again and again, um, that's me. I feel like I, I don't even like the I don't want to 
say like, oh, I'm the hero of the family because I'm better than them. I don't even want to come out like that. But they perceive me as like, we're going to go to her because she's going to help us. And that's fine, you know, but boundaries help tremendously to be able for me not to get burned out and to be able to still do that self-care and self-love for myself. So the third one is the mascot. Okay, the mascot is like the, the class clown, okay, and tends to break tension with jokes. The mascot is often perceived as cute and lovable by outsiders. And the family rely on the mascot to make the family <laughs> publicly appealing. Um, my brothers are, are the clowns. I'm the hero. And I'm trying to see where's my dad. My dad's the mascot as well. Like He's just very funny. One of my brothers, we can perceive him as like the scapegoat sometimes. Like, you know, of the things he does, we're just like, oh my God, like, can you stop? Um... My mom. I'm trying to see where I put my mom. How sad how I'm over here labeling, labeling my family. But we all have a certain role. So that's why I'm like, where does my mom fall into? Um, no, I think my mom falls into the hero because anything happens, we go to her as well. So it can be a little mixture of everything, you guys. And eventually it's not like, you know, if you feel like you're the scapegoat in the family, that doesn't mean you're going to be that for the rest of your life. You have the ability as a human being to change and to then say, you know what, I've changed as an individual that now people come to me for help because I've been there, done that. And then you turn into the hero. That's just my opinion. Some of the roles um, that I can come up with in regards to like the Mexican family, or maybe some that aren't even Mexican can relate to this. Um, La Roca, meaning the rock of the home. The organizer, the one that organizes all the events, brings people together. I think I find myself in that as well because I'm always trying to do events and do certain things to keep my family together. I love to organize parties. I just love it. Uh, Number three, the black sheep, like I mentioned. Number four, la religiosa, the religious family member. (laughs) Um, The go-to person for advice, I think it falls into the hero. Number six, smarty pants, the nerd um number seven the loner there's always that one family member that just doesn't want to share their things or just kind of like isolate themselves um i mean there's so many the clown right the one that's always cracking jokes in parties um i don't know el, el alcoholico <laughs> um i don't know whatever title right we give them but that doesn't define who they are that's just a role that each family each family member takes But now moving forward into something else, you guys, that those are the roles that many of us have um, in a family unit. But every family has their own rules. I'll give you an example. There are some family members, like a group of families that will, they know that there's tension between certain people and no one says anything. Like, you be talking about it with someone and be like, okay, well, she doesn't talk to her for whatever reason. But, like, when you guys are all together in a party, like, no one talks about that problem. Like, they don't want to make it known. Some family members will. Some family members will be like, oh, no, 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 no. That doesn't roll here in our family. We got to talk about that. And communication is like, okay, let's talk about it in a, in a respectful manner. But then you have the other approach where it's like, nah, fuck that. It's fucking... T- 
you don't freaking disrespect me like that. And then it's just craziness. Like, that's more of like what I would call dysfunctional. But I think at some point, every family can become dysfunctional. You know, all families, even mine, can become dysfunctional. Um, And it's pretty interesting how, you know, as families that the way we all work, isn't that crazy? So I'm going to read to you something that caught my eye. So this is a system, family perspective on addictions. So rules and substance using families. So there's families that have histories of substance abuse. The rule is this. No one may say what they are feeling. This is a standard rule in severely dysfunctional families. Communication among family members is severely hampered. Eventually, as a disease advances, the dependent completely represses their own feelings. The dependent begins to experience internal contradictory messages. So remember how I was telling you that families have a disease? This is what I'm talking about. There's family members who suffer from substance abuse from generation to generation because of the exposure and also genetic. But I have found that even if some family members don't have severe substance abuse addictions, there is some sort of fear of talking about the feelings of that individual. Or should I say that person, a specific person from the family has a difficult time talking about their feelings towards somebody else. And why do you think that happens? Because they don't want to be judged. I've heard people say, in our family, it doesn't roll here. Uh Uh-uh. In our family, there's no mental illness. In our family, there's no gay people. And that doesn't roll here. And I don't accept that, which is wrong. Because every family is made so unique. And what actually makes a family, right, respect, love. I I say consistency because there's a consistency that a family has to hold on to, which is the consistency of that strong faith, you know, la fe grande que uno tiene como familia. The consistency of following through, you know, not just saying, oh, I'm going to do this for you and you don't follow through. You have to be consistent on your word when there's that unconditional love for your family members. So a dysfunctional family, they're, what I'm trying to say, you know, as I'm saying the word dysfunctional family, is when there's unhealthy patterns that have been passed on to generation, to the next generation, and so forth. And where there's more than substance abuse or sexual abuse, there's domestic violence, which is physical abuse, right? And manipulation. And I think at the end of the day is that every family member lacks love and attention from someone in the family. And for that, I would say from their own parents growing up. Each family member comes from a father father and a mother. So whenever, obviously, you see your that are nephews, obviously their mom and dad. But have you noticed that some of the family members like within our family, some might not have 
that stable home environment of having a father and a mother, they're present to support them, to guide them, to love them, to nurture them, to teach them about life, like life skills. So if we see that that's missing with other family members, do you think it's the responsibility of the other family members to step in and help? Heck yeah. Heck effing yeah. <laughs> it's ever, everyone's responsibility to look out for each other. Okay, so there's a difference between dysfunctional family and functional families, okay? So I'm going to start off by telling you what a dysfunctional family looks like. So a dysfunctional family has conflict, misbehaviors, and even abuse by family members who they perceive as common. They just misbehaviors happen all the time and they see it as the common thing. Another thing about dysfunctional families is that other family members accommodate to the behavior, so they start mimicking each other. Um, children believe that the way they see their family just domestic violence or yelling or you know not hearing each other or demeaning each other children start to see it as normal so then they start behaving themselves the parents are preoccupied with their own issues like substance abuse um, shopping um, what else working like workaholics you know it's it's Obviously, there's nothing wrong with working, but when it's ex excessive work, um, at that point, there's no time that's being saved to be able to focus on the family, and that creates problems down the line. So that's like a dysfunctional family, um, things that can happen in a dysfunctional family. That's what I'm trying to say. So a functional family is uh, when a family members respect each other and negotiate differences without personal abuse. A functional family is also like all family members feel safe to say what they think and feel to feel valued. Um, another thing about a functional family is that the parents believe that it is their job to provide their children physical and emotional security and support their growth. So they're present in the moment to know like I have to educate myself or to be able to implement something different within my children um, and also within family members. It could also be like, you know, a wife and a husband. They can go to a retreat, right? And they can learn from things. And right there, that's education. When you bring in education into your life, you're able to implement something different of what you knew back then. So what do you do when your mother or your father or both are toxic and you have a difficult time understanding that and accepting that you can't change them. I've been asked that question so many times that I had to read about it. I had to think about it. And then I remember having this conversation with one of my mentors, a naturopathic doctor, and he didn't have a good relationship with his father. And he actually was told by his dad that my wife comes first and you're second. 
I can't imagine what he felt when he heard that. So I remember him asking me the question, what, do you, what did I think about it? And he had invited me to do a, a, a speech, or I should say to empower his students in his class. I don't want to say it's a speech. It was more like a talk. I, I went, um, was it a speech? I don't even know what to call it. But anyways, he invited me so I can go and talk in front of his class and talk about my knowledge on anger and health. Well, more anger, but I implemented health because he's the one that inspired me to become also a health coach. Um, and I pretty much told everyone that if you have a father or a mother who are toxic, the only thing that I would suggest is do not end the relationship, obviously, in, in a negative no, where you're pretty much cussing out one of your parents and you're telling them like F you, F that, I'm like I'm done with you and then just stomp out or hang up on them however. But instead to come out in a in a manner of like, I love you, I am here for you. If you need me, just call me. And anytime you know that they need you, just be there. But you also have the choice of not being there every day just because you feel guilty. Because at that extent, at that point, you're not respecting yourself. You're not setting boundaries. And look, our parents have their way of being because of the things they've gone through. And we can't judge them. We have to understand that they were once kids and they probably went through certain things that we'll never know unless they disclose it. But if you come across a situation like that where you're just like, I can't take this anymore and you leave your parents' house just crying and just like it's overwhelming, then just, you know, don't, don't end it because obviously they're your parents, they're your blood, but remove yourself. Take a couple of steps back and just tell yourself, if they need me, I'll be there. If they don't, then they don't. Um, but it's good to do it act with actions, but also with words. This is empowering yourself to communicate and create boundaries. Now, one of the things that I totally can understand is sometimes our parents are going to say, como que chingas, como que esto, no, 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 you're crazy. No. And they don't validate how we think and feel sometimes. You know what? It's okay. Because we're not going to continue living life waiting for them to validate us. You have to validate yourself to empower yourself. The reason I'm bringing up this topic about, you know, if there's a father or mother who are toxic, is because it happens, you guys. It happens. There was a time in my life with my mom where I was just like, oh my God, every time I talk to her, she's so negative. <laughs> until you know what I empowered myself and I put and I said I love you I will always take care of you but can you please stop talking about certain things about my dad to me I'm sorry that you didn't have a relationship with your dad but at the end of the day I love my dad that's what I said you guys and ever since she heard me out because never in my life had I worded it that way. 
I think it's just crazy and beautiful how life is. I, I've said this before in the other, another podcast, but it's crazy because now studying to be a therapist and I'm like so in tune with who I am that I'm able to set boundaries for myself. I'm okay if people, if some people don't like me, who cares? Like they don't make me or break me, you know? And it's, it's just important to know that I'm talking about a father and a mother, but also it's important to know that if there's another family member, such as like siblings or cousins or aunts or whatever, that are toxic and you're just like, oh my God, I don't even want to go to a certain birthday party or about this or because I know they're going to be there. Really evaluate, you know, within yourself as to what is important to you. If you know that attending a certain party is going to turn into chaos, then maybe don't go. It's a suggestion, but at the end of the day, you're going to do whatever you know is best for you. Okay? And, and the way you'll know that is by looking back in the patterns of the behaviors of the other people towards you every time you're around them in a family um, gathering. But if you know that they mind their own business and you mind their, your own business, I mean, that still can be kind of hectic, like and a weight of negative energy for you. Maybe. Yes, maybe no. I don't know. It depends on you. But if you're okay with that and you can deal with that, then it's your choice. But just know that eventually with time, it takes a toll. Especially because at some point, if you perceive that person as someone very important in your life because of a family member a lot of times people say I don't care if I don't talk to my brother or sister or I don't care if I talk to my dad or mom or I don't care if I talk to my primo prima or whatever and and they come across as mad I said you know what you still care like no I don't I said yes you do they're hot why do you say that I said because you're coming across as you're frustrated and angry and disappointed if you didn't care, you wouldn't bring all these emotions to the table. And they stop and think, and they're like, you know what? You're right. I do care. I care. I wouldn't want anything bad happening to them, but I just got mad because of a comment they made. Okay, well, communicate it to them. And, and communicate a certain thing out of love. This is one of the things I'm going to add you guys, and this is where I'm going to throw a little bit of my health coach tip here. Whenever I talk to my clients about health, it's not just food. When someone comes to me and tells me I want to lose weight and there's a lot of things going on within their families, you know what I have to say? Let's talk about your family. Because if they don't have healthy relationships, they can eat as healthy as they want. They can go to the gym as many times as they want. But if they don't liberate themselves, and create healthy relationships, it doesn't work. It's important to have healthy relationships. But also, you guys, when I say that, it doesn't mean like, oh, I'm going to be at peace with every single one. Yeah, you can. But for those who are choosing not to be at peace with you, that's not your problem anymore. That's on them. Everyone heals in different ways. So each family member Whenever you see a family member that's just irritated, chismoso, or like they're defensive and they're like, oh, we're not going to invite him or her to a party or I don't know what the hell. It's because they're going through something and it's not your work. It is theirs. I'm going to end this podcast by telling you how to empower your family. 
Okay. So an empowered family puts family first. An empowered family can handle conflicts without yelling, cursing, fighting, or name calling. An empowered family demonstrates a sense of family pride, demonstrates mutual respect, sees itself as a team in which each member is important and everyone plays a very important role and that everyone has a responsibility to come in straight to his or her age, health, and skill set. An empowered family willingly reassures, supports, and protects its members, speaks to and works with its members at least as well as it does with outsiders and often better. An empowered family creates an environment that facilitates work, rest, play, and success. An empowered family spends quality time together. An empowered family does not allow any member to fail to shirk responsibilities or negatively impact the family without intervention and consequences. An empowered family creates and maintains routines, expectations that facilitate growth and empowerment. And overall, an empowered family expresses disagreement without becoming violent. That is an empowered family. There's unity and there's craziness, but overall, we have to rise. Family is everything. If there's, if some of you don't have a good relationship with your family members, think about it. Think about the things that need to be fixed at your pace. But first start off with yourself. Love yourself. Do self-care, self-love, and know that you're important. You're enough and you are complete. So that you can then hand over that love to that family member who you feel that relationship needs to be fixed. And if you go up to them and you say, you know what, I'm sorry, and they don't accept it, it's not about them at that point. It's about you. That you took that step forward to be in a vulnerable place that not many can do. Thank you so much for listening to me. La familia es todo. I hope you have a beautiful, amazing day with your family and your friends. Take care. God bless. Adios. This is Chicana Moms, and thank you so much for listening to me. You can visit my website at www.chicanamoms.com and send me an email. I would love to hear from you. You could also follow me on Instagram at Chicana Moms Podcast. Thank you and have a beautiful, blessed day. Adios.